Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. So happy to have you on board with us today on this first day of July. July 1st, 2020, Wednesday. Wow. So happy that we all survived June somehow through the miracle of Shizmu. All hell she's made. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We're so happy you're joining us today, boys and girls. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Make him feel welcome. It's Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. I always feel like a host of a... Uh, <laughs> of a big night of comics when I do that. <laughs> All right, guys, put your hands together. Please make him feel welcome. You've seen him on the Craig Kilborn show. Oh, God, <laughs> Jesus. God, imagine that was the credit I was hanging on to. Oh, I was on Ferguson, which came after that. Oh, that's that. right. You're on Ferguson, yeah. But same same difference. So let him let him hear it. It's Daddy Pence, everybody. He's a real then, good friend of mine. Plays all over town. Oh, you've seen him on the Gotham Comedy Club special. <laughs> He's got his own comedy special coming out later this year. No one knows really when or September where. September 1st. September 1st. Anyway, welcome, kids. Oh, did you pick a good day to listen to the Ralph Report? We got a... Hell of a show mm. for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, it's Wednesday. That means it's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. We're going to dig deep and find a smash hit single performed by an artist who is never quite able to recapture that level of success again. Today's is a true One Hit Wonder story. That's Canadian, right? It is Canadian. And the reason Eddie Pence is saying that is because today is Canada Day. We are celebrating all things Canadian today. Today's show is dedicated to the great country of Canada. Not, Why are you laughing? Not in any Why way making up for Canada? last year. Maybe. No, this is just what you would normally be doing. Maybe a little bit. No. <laughs> Turns out, if you're a listener who's been around for over a year or so, uh, I forgot about Canada Day Ooh. last year. And how. And, you know, the Canadians are known for being fairly polite people. Not when you miss that. Not when you nope. when, not when you uh, blow Canada Day. <laughs> they let you hear it. They're loud and proud when it comes to their Canada Day. So as a make good today, the entire program <laughs> is dedicated to the great nation of Canada. Our neighbors to the north, what would we do without our beloved Canadians? And I know we have many Canadian Garmy members who have been uh, stalwart listeners of this program for a long time. So I would the least I can do 
is give you guys one day out of the year where we celebrate all things Canadian. I would say so. I've always loved every time I visited Canada. It's a goddamn great country. It really is. Filled with great people. I really love that part of the world. So uh, it's it's no chore at all to pay a little tribute to the great country of Canada. And as Eddie mentioned, today's one-hit wonder is a Canadian we have, we have Canadian-based content sprinkled throughout the program. <laughs> if you are Canadian, you will never feel more welcome than you do today on the show. Not guaranteed. Not guaranteed. Will they be sick of being Canadian by the time the show is over? Uh, who could get sick of being Canadian, I'm just Eddie? i if you throw so much Canadian on them, maybe they're like, okay, enough Canadian. Oh, Canada. Oh, you have so much to offer from, from shore to shore, from coast to coast. From up there in BC and the West Coast, all the way over to Ontario and uh, and from Manitoba and Saskatchewan, all the great provinces mm, yes. of Canada, we salute you. Today is Canada Day. If you're not familiar with what Canada Day is, first of all, shame on you. <laughs> Do some research for God's sakes. But Canada Day is a, a federal holiday in Canada. It celebrates the anniversary of July first, eighteen sixty-seven which is the effective date of the Constitution Act. And that act united the three separate colonies of the province of Canada, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick into a single dominion within the British Empire called Canada. Hmm. Now, they're no longer part of the British no, Empire. No, It's kind of, sort of. The Queen still shows up on their money. I'm not quite sure how it all that works That is a out. weird thing, yeah. right? I, I, again, Canada, we love you. And I'm sorry if I'm, I don't know the, the, the story behind why you're still um, kowtowing to that broad over there in the UK. Well, did they have an amicable split, unlike, I, unlike we did with I, them? I, I, now, I know I'm going to fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. But I believe there is still some tangential relationship between England yes. and Canada. Just knowing Canada and, and their people, it seems like it would have been like a friend, like, hey, we're just going to go we're our gonna separate. Be, we're going to be independent over here, eh? You don't but, mind. Sorry. But, uh, but we're still, you know, you can, we'll still use your face on the money and stuff, eh? Okay, no, sorry. Uh, originally, it was called Dominion Day. Ah. But they renamed the holiday in 1982 because that was the year in which the Canadian Constitution was patriated by the Canada Act of 1982. Did I say 1892? I meant 1982. Mm. Canada Act of 1982. Canada Day celebrations on this day take place throughout the great country of Canada as well as in various locations around the world, which are attended by Canadians living abroad. So much like our own 4th of July Independence Day holiday, let's say you're traveling abroad and it's uh, 4th of July in Dublin. Yeah. You find yourself a, an Americanized bar and you, you celebrate. Yeah. Canadians who are uh, working here in the States or around the world, they are also celebrating Canada on this day. So we pay you tribute, Canada, with a day-long <laughs> homage, if you will, which is a French word, which comes in handy because right, in, Montreal. In, in Quebec, Quebec, yeah, they, they don't like uh, the English all that much. They much prefer you use uh, the French language, <laughs> and they want sometimes to pass laws to make uh, the science of Quebec only in French. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move for Canadians. No, it's not. It's kind of a dick move. They are proud of their uh... French heritage, if you will. <laughs> And so they're 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 entitled, but they they are very they're very particular they about are. their French in that they part are. of Canada. I do love Montreal. And there's other parts of the Canada that are they're all about the Brits, and then you got some Scottish people, and you got oh, it's all crazy up there. But they love their beaver. I know that. And their <laughs> maple syrup. They eh? love beaver. 
and their uh, their poutine. Uh, oh, some poutine, man! I could go for some poutine right now. You know, poutine, right? Yeah, I know. We talked about poutine. Yeah, it's like uh, fries, French with, fries with cheese curds and gravy. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, talked about that. That's good eating right there. So, how exactly are we going to celebrate Canada today? Well, you'll be happy to hear. If you're a longtime listener of the Ralph Report, we're blowing the dust off an old favorite. We're bringing back small Canadian town or sex term. Wow, it's been a minute. It has been. Here's the thing. This is a game we used to play uh, a ways back, and we played it quite a bit. So much so that we ran through the collection of cards I had, which listed either small Canadian towns or sex terms. So once we ran out of new questions, we kind of put it on the shelf and said, well, that was fun. We'll probably never do that again. Wrong, because today is Canada Day. We are bringing out small Canadian town or sex term. Here's how the game is played. We are going to name something. We, I am going to name something that is either A, a small Canadian town, or B, a sex term. Okay. Then Eddie Pence, Mm -hmm. in his infinite knowledge of things Canadian. Finite knowledge. Is going to have to determine whether the thing that I name, is it in fact a small Canadian town or a sex term? Mm. We're going to blow through all 10 of these questions, and then at the end we'll tally up the points to see if Eddie Pence has gotten more right than wrong. As is always a game with Eddie Pence, all he needs to do is simply get 50% of the answers correct. That's all. It's a low bar. That's a really low bar. Well, it's you think. It, it's set for a reason, I got to say. <laughs> it wasn't an arbitrary pick. We want someone to win sometimes, it turns out. For this, this is just pure guessing. This is a 50-50. This is a, fl- a coin flip anyway. Right. So we're hoping for good things here. Uh, but in case the worst happens, uh-huh. and Eddie Pence should blank and come up with no correct answers, our lucky contestant will still win. Okay, that's how it works. Now, as it's only appropriate. As you know, when we do the Garmy Game Show here, or anytime we play a game with Eddie, he's always playing for one of you, the Garmy members. He's playing on your behalf. It's only appropriate today that Eddie Pence should be playing for a Canadian. Right. So, Eddie Pence, who are you playing for today? Melissa Houston. <laughs> how many H's in Houston? <laughs> Houston. <laughs> Melissa Houston. Well, it was it's H-U-S-T-O-N, so my, part of my brain wanted to go Huston. Oh, that would have been like, wrong. Well, that doesn't make sense. That would be no incorrect. No Huston, so yes, it's Houston. Yes, like like uh, the great director John Houston. Yes, but so the other part of my brain caught it mid, mid-H, and gotcha. we went Houston. That was a self-edit. So that's how that worked. You heard Eddie's brain working right there in front of your eyes. <laughs> in real time. <laughs> what? He's, you heard this is what was going on when he was reading that name <laughs> what yeah all right melissa houston where does she hail from she's in victoria bc ah british columbia up yeah. there lovely british columbia love it up there all right melissa congratulations eddie pence is playing for you should he get five or more correct answers in small canadian town or sex term you are going to win ralph tell her what she could win why thank you ralph she could win a Ralph Report grab bag full of Ralph Report swag, including the Ralph Report shot glass, the Ralph Report notepad, and the Ralph Report air freshener. Back to you, Ralph. Why, thank you so much, Ralph. I could listen to him all He's day talented. long. He's talented. He's very talented. The best thing about revisiting small Canadian town or sex term is we get to hear that great jingle done by Anthony Moreno, which we haven't heard in a minute. Yeah. And it's, it's one of my favorites. So it's time to play small Canadian town. Or sex term. Small Canadian town or sex term. Help us, Ralph. I know you won't let us down. Even if Eddie gets it wrong. Right. Now, I will name the town. 
Eddie Pence will guess, and then you all hear either this sound, if it is a small Canadian town, or if it's a sex term, you'll hear this. There you go. All right. Okay. That's how we'll determine <laughs> which is which. All right. It's time to play. Hell, when's the last next time play we're going to hear this jingle? Yeah. Time to play. Small Canadian town or sex term? Small Canadian town or sex term? Help us, Ralph. I know you won't let us down, even if Eddie gets it wrong. Now, keep in mind, these questions draw greatest hits from previous versions of Small Canadian Town or Sex Terms. So, Eddie Pence has heard them before. It doesn't mean anything. This should increase your chances, <laughs> Melissa, significantly, I would really? believe. However, it has been a minute since we played it, so there's an excellent possibility Eddie Pence may have forgotten. Mm, very excellent. Uh, which, which was uh, which, because... <laughs> what? You know, <laughs> just saying. Who's <laughs> Austin? <laughs> All right, first up, you ready? Yes. Okay, first up, bison log. Bison log. Is that a small Canadian town or a sex term? Small Canadian town. No, I'm sorry. A bison log is a slang for a uh, very large male genitalia. Okay, that makes sense. Use it in a sentence. I can't believe she finally saw the fabled bison log. (laughs) Or she took all of that bison log. Exactly. You can use it in any number (laughs) of useful situations. This bison log won't fit. The term bison log is, in fact, Uh, a sex term. All right. Sorry, Melissa. Next up, O'Leary. O'Leary. Is that a small Canadian town or a sex term? See, I want to say small Canadian town, Hmm. but I think I'm going to go sex sex term. Final answer? That's my final answer. I'm sorry, Eddie Pence. O'Leary Prince Edward Island is home to the largest quilt shop in eastern Canada. (laughs) It is, in fact, a small town. I outthought myself on that one. See? That's the problem. The problem is that brain's working overtime. I can't slow it down. (laughs) What? All right. Next up, Uh Plum Coulee. Plum Coulee, I guess it's pronounced. Plum Coulee. Is that a small Canadian town or is that a sex term? Sex term. Plum Cooley is a municipality in Manitoba, Canada. While the town has a population of just 850 Eddie Pence, projected land developments will ensure rapid and substantial growth. Mm. The founding fathers of Plum Cooley assure us. There we go. All right. These are tricky. Next up. Yeah. Eagle Perch. Eagle Perch. Is that a small Canadian town or a sex term? That's a sex term. Ah. That's correct. It is indeed a sex term. The Eagle Perch is when a man lays his genitals upon his partner's shoulder. I I remember that one. The Eagle Perch, (laughs) when it's just perched there on your shoulder. There we go. Who would want that? Mm, Nobody would want that. I don't believe... It's something you ask for. I think it's just something you get. It's something your drunk buddy does to you. Yeah, well, I, I don't right? know who your friends are. No one, none of my drunk buddies have ever put his genitals on my on my shoulder. <laughs> uh, badger, simple badger. Badger, badger. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a small Canadian town or is that a sex term? I'm gonna go small Canadian town. <laughs> Correct, Eddie Pence. Nestled Woo! in the heart of central Newfoundland. Mm. Badger is the gateway to Newfoundland's deep interior, according to the town's (laughs) website. All right, here we go. Next up is 
Meat Cove. Oh, God. Meat Cove. Is that a small Canadian town or is that a sex term? Meat Cove. My instinct is small Canadian. There's is sex term. I'm going to go small Canadian town. Small Canadian town. Final answer? Yes, final answer. That's correct. Meat Cove is a small community located at the tip of Nova Scotia's Cape Breton Island, or Breton Island. Mm. I'm sure I will get a correction on that presentation, sure that will. pronunciation, either way. Next up is Bearclaw. Bearclaw. Is that a sex term or Ooh. a small Canadian town? Bearclaw. Sex term. That's correct, okay. Eddie Pence. All the right. Bearclaw is the male equi equivalent of the camel toe. When a man's <laughs> pants are so tight that his genitals look like a bear's claw. There we go. Okay. Next up is Rimowski. Ooh. Rimowski. Rimowski. The old Rimowski. The old Rimowski. Ah, small Canadian town. That's correct. Ramowski is a city in Quebec, Canada. Mm. By the way, the Ramowski Airport caters to both general and cargo aircraft, making it capable of handling very large loads. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Next up is Grundle. Grundle. Next up is Grundle. Grundle. Is that ah. a small Canadian town or is that a sex term? Can there be both? It cannot. Ah. These are all either one or the ah. other. Grundle. Sex term. Ah. That's correct, Eddie Pence. That's the slang for the perineum, that bridge of skin between the genitals and the anus, mm. the grundle. Hey, get out of my grundle, some might yell. The taint. The taint, if you yes, will, yes. Taint. In this case, grundle. Grundle. Is what we're calling it. And lastly, Eddie Pence, the last of the questions, Milk River. <laughs> milk River. Is that a small Canadian town or is that a sex term? Milk River. Oh, I want to say sex term. Milk River. Small Canadian town. Final answer? Yes. Milk River is indeed a town in Alberta, Canada. White silt from Alberta's badlands washes into the town's river, making it both thick and milky. Mm, and that's why the town got its name Milk River. All right, let's do some, some tabulations here and see... What the final score was, Eddie Pence, how did you fare? I got seven right and three wrong. How about that? Very streaky. Missed the first three, ran the table. Yeah, first three, uh, I think Melissa may be sweating it a little uh -oh. bit. So, Melissa, uh, Houston. <laughs> what? Congratulations. Houston. Keep an eye on your mailbox. You're going to be getting a, uh, a box full of Ralph Report swag because you are today's winner in Small Canadian Town or Sex Term. Small Canadian Town or Sex Term. Help us, Ralph. I know you won't let us down. Even if Teddy gets it wrong. That was fun. It was. We Happy Canada Day, Melissa. We haven't played that one in a while. Happy Canada Day, Mel. I'm going to call her Mel. Do it. She'll like that. She may not like it. Probably Some not. don't, but. <laughs> Melly? Melly. No, we're not calling her Melly. Well, That's not a meet her name. halfway. Meet her halfway. Hardly. A third of the way? <laughs> M-E-L-I? Mella. Mella. Melis. No. Melis. Melis. I call her Melis. Then just go all the way and A, put the A on it. No, I don't have time. I don't have time for that A. <laughs> all right. Now it's time to take our attention and point it towards you with the Garmy, not just Canadian members of the Garmy. However, I do believe we have a Canadian call in here someplace. No, all the members of the Garmy, we love it when you reach out to us. You can do it any number of ways. You can write me an email if you like, ralph at theralphreport.com or eddie or steve at that same email address. 
Or you can find us on social media. Ralph Garman, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, we're all out there. Or you can do what many people choose to do, which is to leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. Available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week for your ease. You just got to dial up the phone number, one 833 Hi, Ralph. Hey. <laughs> Don't dial the A. There's no point in that. You leave your voicemail messages, and here's what I do. I listen to them all, and then I grab a fistful of them when we put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Hey, uh, yesterday we were talking about the uh, Great Chicken Nugget Scare. Oh, yeah. Don't eat that Pilgrim's Pride Chicken Nuggets. Yeah, no, don't. They got rubber in them. <laughs> Eddie Pence, uh, he's a Tyson man, he says. Yeah, Is it Tyson or Purdue? What Tyson, Tyson. Tyson, man. Yeah. He said something yesterday about uh, making himself nuggets that I noticed, and I wasn't going to make a thing about it, but a lot of people called in, and this is just one representative call. Hey, Ralph. Justin from Ontario, Canada, calling about Eddie's microwave nuggets. Who the hell microwaves nuggets? Right. It'd be friggin' soggy and you gotta have crispy nuggets. It just makes no sense. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, right. Love you, man. Bye. What are you doing, Eddie? I don't have time to uh, to war- preheat the oven. It's like it takes it's twenty like minutes, twelve minutes. It's no, not. it's not. It's, I don't have time. You have time. I don't. Trust I, me. It's you got balls of the I stuff. Don't have time. You got scads of time. I eat them fat. It, it doesn't. And then actually, with the Tyson dinosaur chicken nuggets, the ones that are in the dinosaur. Oh, you you eat the specially children chicken nuggets. <laughs> well, they're cheaper. So I get the dinosaur <laughs> well, chicken. Well, you got. One way to find good quality food is to go buy the low rent price. That's for sure. So you get the dinosaur Tyson's chicken nuggets. Uh huh. And yes, they are soggy right when you microwave them. But then if you let them set out for about two to three minutes, lovely, they firm up. Nice. The uh, the moisture the, goes back into the, the bread. The, in it. the uh, they get the grease congeals and yes. they get nice and hard on. They the get outside. a little bit. They get a little bit of you know a little tear to just them. Just toast them in the oven. Just uh, do it right. Just, just you dirty up because I can microwave them on the same plate I eat them on. So I'm cutting out, dirtying up the the pan. You sure have a lot of time saving <laughs> hint, hints for the for the Garmy out there, don't Just you? Just saying. Um. Anyway, that gentleman was from Canada, and he wants to know what your problem is. So I'm I'm on his side today, mm. above, above all days today. People are still talking about corn, by the way, eating really? raw corn. Corn gate. Yeah, Monday was uh, Munchin' Monday, of course, and we ate some raw corn. And if you're like me, many of you probably stopped after you heard that and said, sure, Ralph likes raw corn. Sure, Eddie originated the uh, choice of eating raw corn. But what does Eric the stoner from Clearwater, <laughs> Florida, have to say about raw corn? Well, your prayers have been answered. Hey, Ralph. Yo-ho, Eddie. It's Eric from Clearwater. Uh, so a little backstory here. I'm actually from Kansas city. Mm-hmm. So I've actually shucked a lot of corn in my day. Okay. And like pretty much everyone else, when Eddie suggested eating raw corn on the cob, I was like, what the hell? Sounded crazy. But after y'all was munching Monday, I had to go try it myself. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that is fucking amazing. It's <laughs> like eating an apple. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Eddie, you're amazing. Love you guys. Mean it. Wow. Bye. Bye. 
His munchies are are taken care of now for the foreseeable yeah. future. He's just going to be chewing on raw corn. Just buy some ears of corn. Don't have to worry about cooking it, man. It's not like an apple, though. <laughs> really at all, on any level. <laughs> uh, the shucking thing is still going on. Oh, Chris man. called in regarding shucking. However, his has a little bit of a twist to it. Hey, Ralph. Chris again from uh, Corona, two-star general. Quick question for you. Um, yeah. Have you ever shucked an oyster? Mm. Just curious. LMB. With all this shucking talk, Chris want to know if I've ever shucked an oyster. Have you shucked an oyster? And I'll have you know, I have indeed shucked an oyster. Mm. And I've shucked clams as well. Okay. The only shucking I've never done is the corn shucking. That's the easiest one of all of it them. It is way easier. <laughs> having done it here on Munchie Monday, way easier than shucking uh, either oysters or clams. Yeah, you can stab yourself shucking an oyster. Well, I did it. Uh, it was it was one of those things where you, it's like a touristy thing mm-hmm. up in Pacific Northwest where you go up there and they that's like what you do. You get right? a bucket of oysters and you shuck them. And they, but they give you a, a glove yeah. to hold it in and it's made out of like chain mail. Yeah. You feel like. Because you, you'll stab yourself. Because you will cut a tendon. You will go. You'll, that knife is so sharp it'll go right through mm. your fucking hand. So, but it's a real uh, pain in the ass. Oh yeah, I got I got a, a bit of a handle on it towards the end of the bucket, which is too late but, because you're really not going to get two buckets. But are you enjoying the food at that point? Oh, you have to yeah. shuck it. Yeah, it's part of the adventure. That's not part of it. That's how men the eat. You you kill it. You open, tear it open. Kill it. Tear its flesh out and just eat it raw. It's just something you picked up and stabbed. You didn't kill it. I did. Trust me, I heard it scream. <laughs> The screams will haunt my nightmares forever. <laughs> the screams of the oyster. My new movie. I hope you all screams guys Screams of the oyster. <laughs> Sequel to The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> uh, Melissa called in. We've been talking about uh, collectible disasters. Oof. People who are collectors have had bad experiences. We talked to that guy whose entire collection of uh, X-Men comics. That hurts. His, his brother, rather. Uh, Brutal. Given away. Well, a lot of collectors are out there in the audience. A lot of people have stories like Melissa. Hey, Ralph, Melissa, three-star general. I was calling about a collector horror story. So in the 80s, my brother was super into Transformers, and he had all of the toys, like even the ones that you had to cut out the proof of purchase and send away for, and he would get multiples, so he'd keep some of them in the boxes. Everything was in really, really good condition. And then in 1992, we were moving, Mm. and my brother was like 13, Mm. so my mom thought he didn't need his little baby toys anymore. So she sold them at a garage sale for like 25 cents each, and she got rid of all of it. So, yeah. LMB. Oh, my God. That's thousands of dollars. Eddie Pence is literally sweating over here. That is thousands of dollars. Hearing that story. She made $4.75. What a heartbreak. Oh, my God. Oh. If you think that story bothered Eddie Pence. Wow. Wait till you hear the next collectible disaster phone call we got. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of a celebrity phone call, by the way. This is from uh, Thomas Tulak, who is a regular listener of the show. And Thomas was a uh, young actor. And he was the smallest of the Lost Boys in the movie Hook. Oh, okay. Starring Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. The story oh, of Peter Pan yeah. all grown up. He was too small. He was the littlest uh, of, oh, that's all, cool. of all the uh, Lost Boys. Uh, Tom called in with a story about his Lost Collectible. Hey, Ralph. It's Tom, two-star general from Huntington Beach. And uh, you guys are talking about... Um, uh, collectible mishaps on today's show. And I thought I would call in with uh, one of mine. Um, 
So when I was a kid, I actually was in a film that you guys have spoken about on this show before. A film was called Hook and uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. And um, I actually befriended somebody that worked on the crew of that who did worked in the props department who had also worked on another uh, film that Steven was a part of um, because of his friend George Lucas. He worked on a film called Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. And my friend had gifted to me a prop lightsaber hilt from that movie. Now, I was seven years old at the time, and I don't recall whether the prop was um, screen used or not. But I do recall that it was Luke Skywalker's uh, hilt, lightsaber hilt, from Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Um, And I had it for probably two years. I was seven years old. I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't realize what I had. And I played with it like it was a toy. (laughs) And I could not tell you what happened to it. 30 years later, I have no idea. Yeah. I could not tell you. I, it's just gone. It's missing somewhere. I probably was outside playing with my friends, playing with it like it was a toy, and dropped it, lost it somewhere. I honestly don't know. Gone. I honestly don't know. Gone. I was a kid, and I didn't understand what I had. Right. And now, whenever I think about that, it breaks my heart. Sorry, Eddie. I know that must have been hard for you to hear, too. <laughs> Anyways, I wish there was a way to delete this. No! No! Yeah, that's... Oh. From the prop master from the movie, he got a lightsaber hilt. Uh, oh, my God. A Luke. Even if it was Luke number seven. <sighs> even if it was a backup Luke. Fuck. He was getting a Luke from, Un- from the dude. Oh, my God. You don't get... You don't get props from Star Wars sets. No. You don't get them. No, but the guy probably said, oh, this kid's seven. He's oh, adorable. I'm going to give him this. my God. It'll make his life. And it made about 18 months. <laughs> and then he literally he threw it well, in the garbage or something. He took crayons to the Constitution. That's literally. Okay. All right. What he easy, did. Easy with no, crayons to the I, Constitution. That's crayons to the Constitution. Wow. And while we're talking oh. about celebrities, another celebrity phone call. Oh. People, again, still talking about the corn and about the shucking. This was a surprise to me, though. I had no idea we had listeners of this caliber calling in about uh, corn shucking. <laughs> Hi, Ralph. And your ho, Eddie. This is Sean Connery here, calling from Scotland. Don't you know? I am disappointed in you, Ralph Garman. You've never shocked corn. Well, I have a saying, don't you know? If you don't shock corn, you must shock on my balls. Ah. Uh, shake it. Don't stir it. If you mean it, bar. He just come home from the dentist? <laughs> the fuck was that? Sean Connery, Eddie. <laughs> you don't... You don't... <laughs> I don't attack a star of that level who takes just, time out to call into our show. I'm just saying, if he's going to make a phone call, have the courtesy take the ball gag out. This is Sean Connery here. <laughs> Buzzy Bear here. 
This is Sean Connery here. Fuzzy Bear here. It's very similar. We've got a, quite a collection of uh, stroked out celebrities <laughs> calling the show these days. <laughs> He, well, he did retire from filming. He might be in bad shape. Uh, this is why we haven't seen Sean in a while. I didn't know he had Because apparently things aren't going so well. This is Sean Connery here. Sean Connery here. <laughs> Sounds like he never can close his mouth. <laughs> it just has an open mouth all the time. It's drooling everywhere. A drool bucket under his chin. <laughs> Sean Connery here. <laughs> Gotta have that thing from the dentist that just sucks the saliva out of his mouth while he's talking. Shake it, don't start. Jeez. Got his most famous line, too, which is kind of sad. This is Sean Connery here. Oh, oh dear fuck. Lord. Thanks to everybody who called, oh. especially you, Mr. Connery. Thank you for taking oh. your time out uh, of your busy day there in mm. Scotland, even though you don't live in Scotland anymore. <laughs> um,. Thanks to everybody who called in, by the way. <sighs> we love it when you reach out to us. You, too, can be featured on the Garmy on the Line segment. But you know what you got to do. You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. This is Sean Connery here. <laughs> oh, boy. I just can't finish the sentence. All right. Now it's time for us to pay tribute, as we do Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays here on the show, to people who passed away on this day, left our planet on this day, but left behind amazing legacies, really impressive, either famous or infamous stories to tell. It's a segment called Hello Death. People still sending still, in jingles, still. alternate jingles, trying to uh, be in contention for the jingle for this uh, title. So I'm going to play this one by Lan, uh, Lan Dan Leeson. Dan Leeson is from Tucson, Arizona. He sent this one in. I got to say, I like it because, well, I'm a fan of this band. Hello, you're dead now, Ralph will tell us your name. Hello, you're dead now, Ralph is going to explain. I like that. Yeah. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Uh, until we find a permanent replacement, however, it's time for Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. Yes, please do. All right, on this day, July 1st, 1860, Charles Goodyear, American chemist and manufacturing engineer, passed away at the age of 59. All he did was invent the process for vulcanization of rubber. That's all. We've talked about him oh, we before. we talked about that guy, yeah. He made it possible to use rubber in the summer and in the winter. Yeah. Because he taught, he found a way to stabilize it so it wouldn't melt or crack depending on temperature. Mm. 
pretty, pretty big deal right there. In 1877, William Henry Davenport, legendary American stage magician and spirit medium, died at the age of 36. He and his brother were two of the most famous magicians and spirit mediums of the era in the late 1800s. There was a lot of spiritualism going on in America at that time. Yeah. And he and his brother would perform around the world. They had a famous uh, uh, effect where they would get into a box and they would be tied up in the box. And then in the box with them were musical instruments and they would close the doors to the box and then the instruments would start to play. And then they'd open the doors and they would still be tied up. And the brothers said spirits were playing the <laughs> instruments. That was a thing. That was a trick. That people believed then. <laughs> and then, uh, sadly, one of them uh, died at the age of 36. Yeah. There were a lot of guys, by the way, trying to disprove their claims of being in contact with the dead. Yeah. Which I think is just not right. <laughs> There was two guys, apparently amateur magicians who were trying to debunk them, who followed them around England to all their shows and tied knots that they couldn't get untied. Oh, really? So some nights the spirits wouldn't show up, apparently, <laughs> at the old Davenport that's show. That's a movie. Yeah, right? That's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. That's, that's a movie. As the Davenport brothers. Yes. Yes, that's a great idea. See? Another million-dollar idea Come comes on. out of the Ralph Report. It just goes out in the ether. Ugh. We'll never see a dime Somebody write that and give us credit. On this day in 1894, Alan Pinkerton passed away at the age of 64. Alan Pinkerton, pretty much the pioneer of the modern private detective. Hmm. The Pinkerton Agency, of course, as it became known. He was, uh, a, uh, he was an actual detective in Chicago, and then he left the force to become a private detective. Interesting story how he became a private detective, by the way. He was wandering through the woods looking for wood to make barrels out of. And he came across a band of counterfeiters. And so he spied on them and got a bunch of information about their uh, evil doings and their movements. And then he informed the local sheriff who was able to arrest them and put a case together. So they appointed him Chicago's first detective on the police force. Just appointed him. He just eavesdropping and became a detective. Yes. And then he left the force and started his own agency, and the, the rest is history. Huh. He ended up working a lot for the uh, railroads and stuff, catching uh, bank robbers and stuff like that. The Pinkerton men were, were a, a force to be reckoned huh. with. On this day in 1896, Harriet Beecher Stowe, American author, of course, of the famous book Uncle Tom's Cabin, died at the age of 85. She was a white lady, but she was an abolitionist, and so she wrote from uh, the point of view of Uncle Tom, the slave who was trying to find his freedom, and it's a famous book, and... Some people say it's not really relevant anymore because she was an old white lady, but her heart was in the right place. I right. I mean, I, we can't discount that. I don't think so. On this day in 1976, speaking of spiritualism, Annalise Michelle, a German woman said to be possessed by demons, passed away on this day in 1976. <laughs> this is the story that the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose is based oh, on. Oh, really? Yes. Did her head turn all the way around? No, that was The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. That's a different movie. This, oh. this, oh, one, that one, this yeah. girl was 16 years old, and she started having seizures, and she started becoming intolerant of crosses and religious objects, and she began to hear voices and see demonic faces. Mm. And so she was diagnosed with uh, psychosis and a temporal lobe disorder. But the medication and the psychiatrist there in Germany weren't helping her. So her family decided she was possessed by a demon, and they approached the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church finally said, okay, we'll send out a couple exorcists. Okay. And they went to work on her, 
And 67 exorcisms later, <laughs> she was no better, but then died of malnutrition and dehydration. Because <laughs> they tortured her to death. Pretty basically. much. Pretty much is what happened. <laughs> God. Her parents and the two Catholic oh. priests were found guilty of negligent homicide after the fact. As they should be. And were sentenced to six months in jail, but they had uh, all their sentences reduced to probation, by Ugh. the way. So, not a thing. No. Not a thing. Not. Demonic possession, not a thing. No, it's not. Sorry if you believe it is, but it's just <laughs> not a thing. And now this girl's dead. It's not worth people dying over. No, it's not. On this day in 1983, our Buckminster Fuller. Legendary American architect and inventor passed away at the age of 87. You know his uh, biggest invention, Eddie Pence, when it comes to architecture? No. Buck, Buck, Mr. Fuller? The door. No. The archway. The he window? Did, he did not invent the door. The handle. Since he died in 1983, I'm assuming he didn't, he didn't come. No, I'm pretty sure he didn't come up with a roof, although he kind of did. He created the geodesic dome. Oh. You ever see those homes that are made yes. of, of domes? Okay. He cre- he, that was his thing. That was his invention. Good yeah. for him. On this day in 1991, Michael Landon passed away, American actor and icon, of course, from Bonanza and Highway to Heaven, Little House on the Prairie. That was almost your big break. Almost. My relationship with Michael Landon yeah. ended on the final episode <laughs> of Highway to Heaven, and I did not get a gig in his uh, <clears throat> his upcoming work because he passed away at the age of 54. I didn't realize he was that That's young. so young. He started really young. He got his big break in 1957 in a movie called I Was a Teenage Werewolf. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's spectacular. Is it really? It is a low-budget, <laughs> very serious horror film about a teenager who, as you can imagine, becomes a werewolf. Right. And it's so hilarious now. Here's a little bit of the trailer, by the way. Nothing you've ever seen has such blood-chilling savagery. Nothing you've ever conceived packs such a spine-tingling jolt. This high school boy, a teenage werewolf... <laughs> Werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah, so he got his big break in 1957 <laughs> in that film and went on to superstardom. In 1995, speaking of wolves, Wolfman Jack passed away oh. on this day at the age of 57 he from was a heart attack. huge at one point. He was the yes. most popular disc jockey on the planet yeah. in one moment. Of course, you ever saw American Graffiti? You know, he yeah. looms large in that film. But in the 50s and 60s, Wolfman Jack was just an institution of radio, and rightly so. The guy was super talented. Listen how cool he is. This is the sign-off from one of his shows. We got to close it out. That's it for the Wolfman Jack show for tonight. Be back again tomorrow night. Bright-eyed and bushy-tail. Gonna suck it to you tomorrow, baby. I move your picture. Ow! The Wolfman. To talk like that. It's got it. Wow. That was how he talked. I know. But he, that feels like it would hurt. That's a lot of cigarettes and bourbon, Jesus. baby. Uh, 19, on this day in 1997, Robert Mitchum, legendary American actor, passed away at the age of 79. Uh, in the year 1999, on July 1st, Forrest Mars Sr., American candy magnet, passed away at the age of 95. This guy had quite a life. His dad started the original Mars candy company. Mm-hmm. He invented the Milky Way and stuff like yeah. that. So Forrest went to work for his dad, and he said, Dad, we should expand. We should go abroad and start working over in the U.K., and his dad was against it. So he quits, and he starts his own Mars candy company in the U.K. He creates the Mars Bar, which is a smash success over there, makes a ton of money, comes back, uh, creates uh, the Uncle Ben rice as well, a bunch of other things. Then his dad passes away, and then he combines the two Mars companies and became a uh, global chocolate magnet. Domination. Then he retired 
Moved to uh, Nevada, got bored, and started Ethel M. Candies, which are still in every mall everywhere all over the world. Made another <laughs> shit got, ton of money. He got bored and created another empire. He was worth $4 billion Jeez. by the time it was all said and done. Wow. The Mars Company. So he passed away on this day. Uh, on two th- In the year 2000, Walter Matthau passed away. Uh, legendary American actor and comedian. Bad News Bears, of course. Uh, many probably still think of him as Oscar Madison in mm. the movie The Odd Couple, opposite Jack Lemmon's Felix Unger. What an incredible screen duo they were. Yeah, They became so well-known together, they made another Odd Couple movie, and then they made those grumpy, grumpy old, old men, men Those movies. are The first one is hilarious. They're just so good together. Here's a little scene from the original Odd Couple. This is Walter Matthau losing it at Jack Lemmon. Can't take it anymore, Felix. I'm cracking up. Everything you do irritates me. And when you're not here, the things I know you're going to do when you come in irritate me. You leave me little notes on my pillow. Told you 158 times I cannot stand little notes on my pillow. We are all out of cornflakes, F.U. Took me three hours to figure out that F.U. was Felix Unger. (laughs) (laughs) Still one of my favorite jokes. (sighs) All right, on this day in 2004, Marlon Brando passed away. He lost a lot of big actors on July 1st. he did. Of course, Godfather, Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, passed away to uh, 80 years old today. Let me tell you something. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, the day you know I can't refuse you, and you ask me for a favor. Where were you when I needed a friend? Did you ever invite me to your house? It's my friend. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you were recognizing that. I, I did got it. That's how you do last tango in Paris. <laughs> Get the butter. Clip your fingernails. The year 2005, <laughs> Luther Vandross. Of course you go with the anal sex when you think of Marlon Brando, one of the great actors of his generation. Look, all I remember. You go right to butt sex. All I remember is the girl fingering his butt in the bathroom in Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, that would be all you That's remember. That's all I remember from him. Uh, the year 2005, Luther Vandross passed away. Legendary American R&B singer. Man, what a voice. He was only 54 years old when he passed. Here's a little bit of Luther. All right. On this day in 2015, Lawrence Herkimer passed away, Eddie Pence. Who's that? Lawrence Herkimer. Come on. Who's that? He's nothing but the American grandfather of cheerleading. That's all. Sorry. The man who patented the pom-pom. Did he? Yes. Oh, he made a fortune then. Right? Jesus. Good for him. The Herkimer pom-pom is the stuff (laughs) of legend. That's its official title. When it comes to the cheerleading world, (laughs) if you don't have a Herkimer, you got shit. Then you don't have a pom-pom. That's right. Get yourself a straight-up classic Herkimer. (laughs) He passed away at the age of 89. And at this point in the show, what we like to do is talk about a food that was related to someone who passed away on this day. We run it past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would either eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out of his ass. Much like last tango in Paris. <laughs> How we find that out? Well, we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. That will give us the answer. If we get a jackpot on that slot machine, that means three of the items of food have come up on the reels, and that means he would, in fact, eat it. However, if they're mismatched, there's no jackpot and no joy, just sadness. And butter, butter, butter up the butt. <laughs> on this day in 1958, Dr. Harry Nichols Holmes passed away. He was an American chemist, and he was the man who was able to create crystallized vitamin A. 
What is okay? He created the vitamin A supplement that you could take vitamin A. Okay. Before that, it existed obviously you in just foods, take it. but you couldn't take it as a supplement until he isolated crystallized vitamin A. All right. And a vitamin A deficiency, Eddie Pence, is fucked up. Where do you find vitamin A? Well, it's in foods. Okay. But he created the crystallized vitamin A. I'm telling I, you. I hear that. I'm just saying, what 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 do you need it for? Well, you need it for vision. How about that? Okay. If you have a vitamin A deficiency, you can't see at night. <laughs> and you could also, it also causes blindness, the by the way. Night vision goggles of vitamins. If you've got an A deficiency, uh-huh. you can get blindness. Okay. You can get uh, serious infections, sometimes fatal infections, dry skin. It's critical in the development of normal lung function, hearts, kidneys, other vital organs. You need vitamin A. So it's important. That's why it's number one. No. Well, it's A. It is A, but I don't know if it's number one. Well, then don't call it A if it's not the most important one. Uh, here's how you can get it if you're just eating foods. How, how do you get it? Well, it's got it's in sweet potatoes. I know oh, you like the sweet potatoes. Fuck that. It's in carrots. Okay. That's carrots. one of the reasons to say carrots are good for your eyes. I thought it was the beta carotene. Uh, that's also good for you. Okay. Yeah. But the retina is the actual scientific name of uh, the uh, vitamin A. Uh, uh, tuna fish, dark leafy greens, lettuce, bell peppers, broccoli, all those contain vitamin A. However, if you want to get the best bang for your buck when it comes to vitamin A, it can be found specifically in one fruit. Yeah. And that's today's food, Eddie Pence. The cantaloupe. The cantaloupe, of course, is a delicious orange fleshy melon. It's from the muskmelon species. It's either eaten as a fresh fruit or as part of a salad, sometimes as a dessert with ice cream or custard. Melon pieces wrapped in prosciutto, of course, are a popular snack and uh, antipasto, as they say, hors d'oeuvre. The seeds are even edible. You can dry them out and use them as a snack as well. Here's a little warning, however. The surface of the cantaloupe, as you know, is kind of a webbed. It's got a, yeah. a rough surface to yes. it. It's you like gotta, a testicle. you got to wash that really carefully because sometimes they can carry salmonella. Oh. So make sure you wash your cantaloupe well before you cut into it and consume it. A little piece of cantaloupe trivia. A moldy cantaloupe in Peoria, Illinois in 1943 was found to contain the highest yielding strain of mold for penicillin production. After a worldwide search of just the right mold, they found it on an old moldy cantaloupe <laughs> in a market in Peoria, Illinois in 1940s. So you're telling me it carries salmonella and gets moldier than anything else. Many foods carry salmonella <clears throat> if you don't wash them. Just saying. However, if you do wash your cantaloupe and then you dig in, you're getting a more than healthy dose of vitamin A, which is important for all those things that I mentioned. So let's find out whether Eddie Pence is eating some cantaloupe or not. There's only one way for us to find out, as I mentioned. Let's pull that handle. One cantaloupe, two cantaloupes. Oh, my God. Not a big... I don't like melons. Melons, like mangoes and cantaloupe. I don't like the melony. I don't like melons. I don't, I don't know how to put it any other way other than I don't like melons. Well, you've repeated it I several like watermelon. times. I like watermelon. Watermelon That's a melon. I'll eat that melon. All the other melons I don't really... Like when you get like a melon uh, cup... Yes. Yeah, they've all chopped up. I yes. just, I, that was a You summer. get the honeydew. Honeydew. You get the cantaloupe. Mango, cantaloupe. Is mango a melon? Is it? I don't, I asked you. Same. You're the one who keeps saying it's a melon. It's the same texture. Doesn't it, it feels I like it's the same thing. I don't know if it's thing. a melon. I Maybe think a melon not. is a specific class Honeydew of can fuck off too. No, honeydew's um, good. You get the I'll, green and the orange. It's, no. They're cool colors. What other fruits have cool colors like that? I don't like, like the tastes. Oh. And then they all take, then they all blend together. I don't really, and it ruins the Little cantaloupe wrapped in prosciutto, some cured ham. No. Together with a little, uh, no. little toothpick no, in it? No. That's, that's what does a, that that's do? A, that's an hors d'oeuvre. It's not an hors d'oeuvre. Oh, it's the best. Wrap fruit with <laughs> meat. 
people sick. What's <laughs> fucking wrong with you? <laughs> why would you wrap? Why would you take fruit and wrap it in meat? Because the two com the no, combined, they don't. The combined taste of sweet and savory oh. is an age-old delicious. You guys favorite. need to stop with this sweet and savory bullshit. You need to start with the sweet and savory. <laughs> really, How about that? The sweet and savory bullshit is getting old. Oh man, savory is not even a flavor. It's a stupid term. Well, when you, when you go blind because you don't have enough vitamin A. I'll go by the crystallized form that What's-His-Face thought of. Don't get your cane and your dark glasses and be tapping over here trying to find your way into the house because you're not welcome because we're going to be eating cantaloupe, so our eyes are going to be just fine. Savory. And that is today's Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment called The Showbiz Beat. Speaking of hello death, man, uh, I really thought that this guy was going to live forever. Yeah, I thought if anybody could or has earned the right to, it would be the late, great Carl Reiner. Yeah, that one hurt. Comic genius Carl Reiner. This is a guy who was a creative force in comedy for 60 years? <laughs> Ever? It feels like... I there think he worked in like six decades. It feels like there's not comedy without Reiner in it. On so many levels. Got his break on Broadway, doing Broadway musicals in the late 1940s, and then he got a big break on television. When television was still in its infancy, he was plucked to be a writer and performer on Sid Caesar's variety shows, Caesar's Hour and Your Show of Shows, from 1950 through 1957. If you are a comedy fan or uh, someone who likes to know where all of the comedy that we watch on television yeah. now kind of springs from. The show shows that Sid Caesar was doing what then became Saturday Night Live and SCTV. I mean, it was sketch comedy, the first of its kind yeah. on television. And the bank of writers who worked on that show, Neil Simon, we were just talking about The Odd Couple, was one of the staff writers. Carl Reiner got chosen not only to be a writer, but also to perform. Woody Allen was on that staff. And then there was a young man named Mel Brooks who mm -hmm. also worked on that staff. And that was the beginning of their lifelong friendship. They were best friends and worked together a ton as well. Most famously, I guess, in uh, the 2,000-year-old man sketches. And again, if you are a fan of comedy, you're not, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with this work. If you like improvised comedy, oh, listen to these two guys work together in a sketch called The 2,000-Year-Old Man. They created a bunch of albums. It's easy to listen to. <laughs> It's Carl Reiner, who was the preeminent funny straight man. Yes. And it's hard to be both, yes. to be funny and to also know how to serve up someone else you're working with with the perfect setup. Yeah. He would interview Mel Brooks as a man who was 2,000 years old and ask him about mo great moments in history. <laughs> it's goddamn magic. It's, yeah. And this is Brooks just riffing off the top of his head. Nothing was written down except for the questions. It's remarkable. That was the beginning of their lifelong friendship. And I, my heart goes out to Mel Brooks today almost as much as it does to Carl Reiner's family. I mean, this that I'm, relationship, they were like brothers. They were a married couple, basically. Yeah. Uh, here's a little bit of Carl Reiner talking about the first day he ever met Mel Brooks in the office when he joined Sid Caesar's show. He didn't know who Brooks was, but Brooks was already in the middle of a bit. He was doing a character <laughs> when he met him. And then they talk a little bit about 2,000-year-old uh, man as well. I was invited to be a member of the show of shows, Max Liebman's office, 
Sid Caesar was there. Mel, this guy, Mel Brooks, was standing up. I didn't know who he was. I just came in to say hello to people. And he's a Jewish pirate. And he's complaining bitterly. He says, you know how hard it is to set sail today? I can't sail anymore. The cloth, the, the sail cloth is $14 a, a yard. I can't afford to pillage and rape it. This is no good. And <laughs> The 2,000-year-old man was born the day after I saw Mel do that in the office. So he came over to me with a wire recorder and set it down and he said, ladies and gentlemen, here is a man who was actually at the scene of the crucifixion 2,000 years ago. Isn't that true, sir? And first words out of Mel was, oh boy. Yeah, oh boy, it was terrible. So you knew Jesus? He says, yeah, came in the store. <laughs> he had 12 guys with him. They all wore sandals. They never bought anything out of candy store. They always asked for water. I gave them water. Nice boys. God. My oh. God. And that, though, wasn't enough. Then he goes on to create one of the most perfect sitcoms in television history, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah. Really the template for every other family-based every modern, sitcom. modern sitcom to follow it. And if that wasn't enough, then he starts this incredible relationship with Steve Martin. And they knock out The, the jerk, jerk, first of all, which is a classic. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Man with Two Brains, All of Me with Lily Tomlin, one of the great yeah. comic performances he got out of Steve Martin in that. Just uh, movies, television, it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, and just a remarkable man and a remarkable career, 98 years old. And I'm afraid, I don't know, I, I, I feel we're going to lose Mel soon just because he went and they were so close. Oh. It's just so sad. Anyway, it's so sad. It, again, 98 years it's a great, great run. Brilliant, man. And filled with enough work for three men and yeah. three careers he packed into his life. I so. mean, he is the Mount Rushmore comedy, just him by himself almost. So much good stuff. All right. This is also good news and another million-dollar idea I just put out there in the world that someone <laughs> took and ran with. Oh, really? This is Remember you? we were talking about Jack Johnson, the first African-American heavyweight champion yes, of America? Yes, yes, yes. I was talking about how the whites took to the streets rioting because they could not bear the fact that yeah. a black man was the champion of their sport. And then that guy came out of retirement to beat him, and he beat him. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they are doing a series based on the life of Jack Johnson uh. on HBO called Unruly. Mahershala Ali will star as Jack Johnson, which is great casting because he actually played Jack Johnson in the play The Great White Hope in the year 2000, which is a play about mm. the story of Jack Johnson. This is all based on a documentary series done by Ken Burns called Unforgivable Blackness, The Rise and Fall of Jack Johnson. And so they're going to do a limited scripted series over on HBO about the star. Uh, you should get a producer credit on that. A little something. Least, right? Cut me off. Wet my beak a little bit. Give me a little taste. <laughs> Seth Rogen's company has announced they are partnering up with Nickelodeon to make yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Really? This will be a CG animation. Mm. They're going back to the old yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles didn't, well. Michael Bay tried to redo that a few years ago, didn't he? And that just fell apart. And They've like, done a million versions. And this, this franchise, it always seems to me... Like when you would get a copying machine and you'd copy a copy yeah. and then you'd do a copy of the copy of the copy. Keeps getting worse. They just get worse, a more watered down, faded version of the original. So the only thing that gives me some hope is that the director for this project is a guy named Jeff Rowe. And he worked on an animated series called Gravity Falls. I don't know if you ever saw yes. that or not. Yes, Very yes, yes. clever, well-written, funny show. So maybe he can bring some new life to it. We'll have to maybe. Wait Here's some good news. Curb Your Enthusiasm, it has been announced, we'll be returning to HBO for season 11. Thank you. 
Usually we have to wait 18 years I in between know. seasons, but apparently Larry's got a full head of steam and they're going ahead with the production. No date yet when it will return. No production timeline has been given by HBO, but they are happy to announce that Curb Your Enthusiasm will be returning to HBO <laughs> relatively soon. Can you imagine Larry David in a post-COVID world? Like, oh my God. It's going to be amazing. Larry said about the announcement, <laughs> believe me, I'm as upset about this as you are. <laughs> One day I can only hope that HBO will come to their senses and grant me the cancellation I so richly oh, deserve. God, I love him. But until then, we're going to be uh, seeing more Larry I David. love him. You know that show started in 2001? Yeah. It's been almost 20 years. Like just a few years after Seinfeld ended. And we've only gotten 10 seasons out I know. of it. So, he just uh, does it and then... He does it whenever he wants. He did that movie one time instead of a season. Yeah. And HBO's like, yes, whenever whatever you're ready, oh, God, just bring it. So good. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on July 1st. Singer Victor Willis of The Village People. He's the cop. Oh. 69 years old today. That's uh, Eddie Pence's uh, ringtone That's, on his alarm when he wakes just, up in the morning. Just reminds me of who I am. Actress Olivia de Havilland <laughs> is 104 years old today. Oh, please, no. What do you mean? I don't ever want to crack three digits. She might be getting up and doing push-ups this morning, you're for not, all you look, know. You're not wiping yourself at 104. She's you're running not, laps. Oh, no. She's having martinis at, at no. five. <laughs> she's sounding like stroked-out Sean Connery is what she's doing. I don't think so. Yes, she, <laughs> Sean Connor right here. That's exactly. She's not in that good a <laughs> shape. This is Olivia de Havilland oh. here. Fuzzy bear here. Actor Jamie Farr is 86. Clinger oh, from Clinger, MASH. Yeah. He's 86. Actor David Prowse is 85 oh, years old Darth today. Vader. Darth Vader himself. What a different world we would be living in if they used the original voice of Darth Vader in those films <laughs> instead of the great James Earl Jones. Here's a little from the set recording of uh, David Prowse as the Sith Lord. I don't know what you're talking I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic... You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Good day, sir. Take her away. Good day. Good day to you. Find those droids. Do it. Good day. 85 <laughs> years old today. Actor Dan Aykroyd is 68. Aykroyd's 68. Oh, man. Come on. What's happening? <sighs> Alan Ruck, Ferris Bueller's best friend in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, also star of Spin City. He's 64 years old. Man. Come on, people. Stop he was just aging. in You're high making school. me feel bad. Singer Evelyn Champagne King, one of the queens of disco, is 60 years old today. Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Homicide is 58. Until Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who would have guessed that Andre Brower was so goddamn funny? I don't know. Yeah, everybody knew he was a powerful, dramatic actor, but yeah. he's so funny yeah. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Dominic Keating from uh, Star Trek Enterprise is 58. Actress Pamela Anderson is 53. Oh. How about that? Is she recovering after a divorce of uh, two days? Know, two days, I think she managed. 
Henry Simmons from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and NYPD Blue is 50. I worked with uh, Henry over on NYPD Blue, and you could not meet a nicer guy, although he is an intimidating dude. He's yeah. about 6'6". Ooh. Just solid muscle. He is he is a big man. <laughs> imagine what his penis looks like. I would imagine some oh, baby arm. It's a bison log. It's a bison log. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing <laughs> he's got there. Missy Elliott's 49. Liv Tyler is 43. Singer Fred Schneider of the B-52s is 68. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock. Everybody had matching towels. <laughs> Love Fred. Sounds like David Prowse. <laughs> I am Darth Vader. <laughs> Hillary Burton from One Tree Hill and White Collar is 38. And that bitch, she's married to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, too. Oh. Should have been my job. Right. But she got it. Actress Leah Sadu from Spectre, James Bond's girlfriend from that film. I believe she's returning for the new Bond as well. She's 35. Actors Steven and Andrew Cavarno from Party of Five are 28. They were the little kids, the twins who played the youngest kid on Party of Five. Remember that oh, show yeah, on Fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, Deborah Harry of Blondie is 75 years old today. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with entertainment news just yet. Oh, no. We're going to reach across the pond and check in with our old pal Steve Ashton, who has just sobered up from Liverpool's big victory. He survived. That's good. He is going to bring us his UK update. Oh, Steve. Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes Russell Crowe look like Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that one. Hey, Sir Elton's in the news. What's up with old Reg? Elton John's ex-wife has been praised for launching legal action against him. Now, the reclusive Renata, I want to say Blauel? Okay. Anyway, but anyway, Renata, if you remember when he got married to her, she's filed a high court injunction believed to be over her appearance in Sir Elton's 2019 autobiography called Imaginatively Me. <laughs> uh, now, now, apparently an ex-pal of the singer said, uh, it's good that someone takes him to task. Uh, no one else has been brave enough because obviously, you know, he's somewhat temperamental, is Sir Elton. Um, Renata reportedly warned Elton not to breach their non-disclosure divorce deal in the book and now seeks an official ruling. Now, the book and biopic Rocket Man have upset some other family and friends. Elton's half-brother, for example, Jeff, has disputed claims that their father, Stan, never saw him play. Now, Elton stands by what he said in the book about his dad never seeing him play, and Jeff can fuck off! <laughs> um, Spandau Ballet are in the news. How? How is that possible? 
Harry Kemp says he's eager to do a Spandau Ballet reunion, presumably because he needs the money. (laughs) Um, Now, he says that the ball is in singer Tony Hadley's court after the band reunited for a series of shows in 2018 with a different singer other than Tony Hadley. Just quick sidebar. I played football against Tony Hadley once in a charity football match. And after the game, we got steaming drunk in a pub and he sang all night. He's a thoroughly lovely guy. (laughs) Now, apparently the the brothers were speaking to the website, the Radio Times, ahead of a new mockumentary called The Kemp's all true which will air on bbc2 this week now apparently when spandau bali also they say uh, were at their peak uh, there was a lot of pressure on the brothers that kind of saved the band for years now um, what they go on to say is if there was ever a moment where the band might explode it was left to me and gary to go off and have the biggest argument i remember having proper fistfights with him in the 80s and that got rid of the tension because as we all know ralph uh, being brothers in the same band always goes really well, doesn't it? <laughs> Never a good idea. Now, the mockumentary is a parody of the infamous Bross documentary, which is called After the Screaming Stops. Did Bross make it over to the States, Ralph? No, I'm not familiar with them. So they were this highly stylized trio, were absolutely huge in Europe and also in, in Japan. But um, but that sounds riveting, doesn't it, Ralph? A mockumentary with the well-renowned shitty actors, the Kemps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait in anticipation for that. I'm sure it's going to be TV gold. Oh, see what you did there? Oh, true. Oh, man. Oh, one-two punch on the puns. Anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph. Seeing as you're having a few well-deserved days off, I've decided I'm going to do the same, obviously. I'm just going to kick back, relax. Who am I kidding? I'm going to be launching dog excrement at Gordon's <laughs> house. <laughs> By the way, just a quick sidebar, a lot of the Garmin have been emailing and tweeting me this, but apparently, I don't know if you saw this, apparently people have been shitting in the grounds of the Queen's Holiday Residence in Scotland, Balmoral. (laughs) I did see something about that. And I want to make it very clear... It's got nothing. Well, it's got very little to. It's it's got not. It, it's got it's got very little to do with me. <laughs> very little. Enjoy your couple of days off, my friend. Love you lots. Bye, buddy. Thanks. And lastly, because it is Wednesday, it's time for us to take a look at a smash hit single and the artist who performed it. And because it's July first, aka Canada Day. Yeah. Today's choice is a Canadian. It's time for One Hit Wonders. It's a One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. It is indeed. As I mentioned, today's artist is a Canadian. Not only is he a Canadian musical artist himself, but he comes from Canadian musical royalty. Hmm. Here's a, really? here's a call from Big D in Burnaby, which is in British Columbia, requesting today's One Hit Wonder. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Hey, Steve. This is Big D in Burnaby. For you know, One Hit Wonders, if it falls on a Canada Day, I would like to humbly suggest Cal Bachman from uh, Winnipeg. He's also the son of BTO's Randy Bachman. Uh, he had a song called She's So High Above Me. Thank you. Thank you, Big D. Tal Bachman, as he mentioned, is the son of Canadian rock star Randy Bachman who was not only part of the Guess Who, a legendary Canadian band, but also Bachman Turner Overdrive. Tal got his big musical break when some executives at EMI in New York heard a demo tape, and they secured a record deal with Columbia Records for him. His very first album 
was called Tal Bachman and featured the hit that would become synonymous with his name, She's So High, reached number one on three different radio formats in Canada. It was a huge hit in Canada. Also a big hit here in the United States as well, a top 10 song, a top 10 hit in Australia, in New Zealand, um, in the UK as well. Listen to what happened to this kid when, when this all exploded. He earned two Juno Awards in Canada. He made appearances on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and MTV. He was interviewed by Rolling Stone, profiled by the LA Times, USA Today. It looked like he was the next big thing to come out of Canada. In support of his first record, he toured as the opening act for Brian Adams and the Bare Naked Ladies, also toured in his own right. This was a smash hit song. She's So High is also a great song. I love it. It's one of those perfect pop songs. Bachman said when he was writing it, he wrote about an experience that he had in high school and he was trying to get the hottest girl in school to date his stepbrother. So he went up to her and tried to convince her to date his stepbrother. And he said, while I was talking to her, the conversation between her and I progressed and I thought this godly, exalted woman was in front of me and I remember feeling more and more uncomfortable and awkward and just being in awe of her. A lot of guys can relate to this when you're dealing with a woman who is so out of your class you can barely put three words together that's what the song's about here's today's one hit wonder she's so high she's black flesh and bone now touch silicone she's touch smell sight taste and sound Somehow I can't believe that anything should happen I know where I belong and nothing's gonna happen She's So High from 1999. It took Tal five years to release a second album. That might have been the problem. Might have been the problem. He released it in 2004. There was a single on there called Aeroplane that was a, a reasonable hit, top 20 hit in, in Canada, but it didn't really chart anyplace else. And then that was it, just two albums, and he was done. Really? Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. Um, he was also a former member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was mm. a Mormon. Okay. So most recently, he's been seen in the Bill Maher documentary called Religious. No, really? Yes, because he went on a two-year mission to Argentina and then conducted two years of research himself into the church's origins and concluded that Joseph Smith, the church's founder, had invented every story that the religion was based on. And so he cut ties to the church and now goes around telling anyone who will listen uh, how that stuff. I like this guy. A bunch of malarkey. I like this guy. I just love that song. She's so high. Great tune from 1990 on a Canadian one-hit wonder. It's the one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. 
And that's it for us today and for this week, boys and girls. I'm taking a couple days off this week, making it a long four-day weekend for uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day holiday this weekend. So I'm going to take tomorrow and Friday off, uh, recharge my batteries a little bit, get my head straight, and then I will come back on Monday with a brand new show. How about that? It'll be a munching Monday. And, really? what, and what are we going to be munching? What are we munching? Oh, some pickled herring oh, and mustard sauce. Off. Come on. Something, Eddie, for you to look forward to. Let's over do microwave the break. chicken nuggets. Mm, maybe, maybe another day. <clears throat> we've got we've already got a full slate of food. <sighs> and next up in the chamber is uh, pickled herring. I miss so. sweet corn. So you're not gonna want to miss Monday's oh. show, kids. And by the way, if you're a two, three, or four star general, you'll get to see whatever happens on video. <laughs> Might be worth upgrading, I'm just saying. Might need some 3D goggles. Boys and girls, thank you so much for all the uh, letters of support and people encouraging me and saying, yeah, go ahead, take a couple days, we'll be fine. You know, I hate to leave you in a lurch, but uh, I really could use a little bit of a break. So this is going to be great for me, and I appreciate everybody's support. I want you to come back on Monday, though, and I want you to come back healthy and safe and sound. So please follow the following instructions. Stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands. Stay good in the hood. And always... Stay swell. Give them hell, buddy. Now more than ever, love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>